Thank you, precious Jesus. We bless your name. Praise waited for thee in Zion to thee shall all the vows be paid. Blessed be the name of God. In Jesus' precious mighty name. Slap your hands for Jesus. Amen. Amen. For the first time, I've enjoyed the choir and my sound. Clap for them. We are getting there. We are getting there. I like the energy. I like the passion. It's good. Keep it up. Hallelujah. All right. The rights of righteousness. The rights of righteousness. The rights of what? Righteousness. See the rights of righteousness. There must be strange manifestations of God's power. Strange manifestations of everything God has said for you. Everything. God must jump the line for you. What do you think? Amen. And we never give up till we see what you're looking for. He said all the days of our lives, we wait till our change comes. So you must wait for your change. Hallelujah. Amen. What did you learn? I need two people here, two people here, two people here. Quickly. What did you learn? I thought on what? What did I teach on? I thought on what? Hey. <laughs> uh-huh. No, huh? I, I said something versus something. Don't you see? Of course, we are in the breastplate of righteousness. In fact, you've been saying righteousness is an error. It's breastplate of righteousness. So what did I say last week? Two here, two here, two there. Uh-huh. Yes. Two people here. Pastor, put your hand <laughs> Two people here. <laughs> Some people are looking at my face. <laughs> Please. No, let, let me know you understand what I'm talking about. The righteousness of God versus what? Christ, my righteousness. So what did, what did I say, one? What did you learn? Uh, what came to your mind this week and you applied what you learned? Come on, help me. Quickly, two, two, two. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Yeah. Yeah? Anybody going? The righteousness? You Don't put your hand. Righteousness of God. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey. That means you didn't understand what I said. Did you understand what I said? No, did I? Did, no, if it's, if it's not even that, you know, I, I, I did a prelude. If what I said before I started, that also blessed you. Please. Oh? Or should I go to the online people? 
<laughs> you can text your, your point. Hallelujah. Yes. I know you are reading. You. <laughs> no, the message is not written or taught for you to read. Do, do you understand? Yeah. The, Satan, in fact, let me show you something. Satan has levels of operation. Level one is he will prevent you from contacting the truth. Level two is when you contact the truth, he will prevent you from using the truth. So the fact that you've read the Bible does not mean it's going to work. At every level, he has what he's going to use to fight you. And when you start using the truth too, he will frustrate your effort. And give you lying vanities. To look like, ah, the more, if somebody, one day, somebody called me and said, man of God, it's like the more I pray, the more the things getting worse. Who has been like that before? Who has been like that? Like the more you are praying, the more the thing is becoming worse. It is called the manifestation of lying vanities. 2000 and, is it 11? Yeah, we're in a conference. And while the service was going on, Adams, what happened was a lady was in the crowd. And I said, if you're sick here, come. When I got to the lady, I said, and the Holy Ghost told me that she has an asthma problem. I began to rebuke the spirit of asthma. Can you imagine when I rebuke asthma? That's when the person began to manifest in church. That was just what I was scared. Because the person, asthma attack. When I say asthma, come out. That's when asthma was displaying. So they were scared. I said, everybody relax. I said, come close to me. Bring her. We'll use the oil as inhaler. Put the oil at her mouth. She manifest. She didn't die. After that manifestation, God was saying, "That's the last time." She has never got an asthmatic attack again. That's all. There are people have prayed for. I remember for an all night, I ministered to a lady who had a leg problem. She, the more I was praying, the more she was crying. She said, "As I started praying, the pain has become worse." And when she was crying, I was laughing. Yeah, because I know that if it was not going to go. The pain was not there. When I said, you foul spirit of pain, leave. That's where the pain intensified. Then I knew that is exit. It's doing its last. And a lot of you observe that lying vanity and cower away from the effort that is bringing your breakthrough. The moment you start praying about your marriage, someone will tell you that I can't go on anymore. You're like, ah, I thought I should be praying for marriage. Right now, the guy that said he will marry me again. You don't know that that statement is because of what you pray. There was an agent of chaos in the person of that boy you were dating. So the moment you say, Father, anything that will prevent a godly, glorious marriage, I destroy. He was the distraction. And God said, I have to take him away. I'm telling you, you know, you see, I pray that our generation will understand the ways of the Spirit. That's why when you get to a certain point, you will count to joy when you miss an opportunity because you know God has delivered you. But you're rather crying. And God is even watching. The angels are even shocked. Ah! These boys are not serious. That's why they always accuse us before God. You know, the angels, they join God to accuse us. He said, nothing shall separate us from the land of God. Not even angels. It means angels go and tell God, they are, these guys are useless boys. They don't respect, they don't know you. Because they are wondering why we can have the audacity to doubt God. They see God at the level. So when you pray some prayers, there are some things God will deliver you from. Sometimes when you pray, the Father deliver me from early death, you will lose your job. Because the job was going to kill you. Oh yeah. I know. I know people who go on contract. 
And once they are in the car, they have the accident. So you ask yourself, if they didn't choose that job, they will be alive. May God manifest his ways to you. So that you understand that the thing you are crying that you have lost is deliverance. Is deliverance. Do you know sometimes you can like poison? But you don't know. Nobody gives poison as powder. Poison is always mixed with your best food. So you can see the poison and say, wow, what a meal. No witch gives food with a stick and a caricature and the mouth of a pig and a certain thing that makes you look at the food as a demonic food. It will look like a normal food you like. But behind it is witchcraft. Yeah. In our time, it was a top. Pounded, yeah, with a, a, a top and a professor. Now, people have become spiritually smart. They suspect a top. Why you have to go to your house, your family house, and your auntie will bring you a top with three eggs. You suspect her that they have sent her. So don't come with a top anymore. They will come with Indomie. <laughs> So that when you are eating, you don't know that you are eating something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's the same jollof rice. But why is that when you are eating the jollof rice, you don't feel easy in your spirit? And some of you don't know that even it's the anointing. Eh? Let me show you something. Some of you, they have poisoned you in the spirit. But the anointing gave you a physical reaction of running stomach. Some of your running stomach is deliverance from witchcraft. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you, you'll be praying, praying for all of us and don't show you that you ate something. I remember when I was a child, I went to eat at a house my mother said I shouldn't go and eat. Yeah, she knew the people. Yeah. And I was a consumer. <laughs> so I ate in that house. And when I ate this food at night, I was having reactions. So my mother said, ah, what is wrong? What? Then all of a sudden, I vomited. And she saw what I vomited. She said, where did you eat this from? Then I mentioned that family house. He said, didn't I tell you? So you know when she had prayed a prayer that prevented the digestion of a plan. <laughs> so some of the things you eat and doesn't digest it is from the wrong place. Yeah, it's, it's God's power that prevents the action. So, yeah, it's spiritual, but it didn't get spiritual action. So, it has to now give you physical reaction. So, you just vomit the thing and you are free. Yeah. May the Lord show you what he has done for you. So, that when you are praising God, you will be laughing and excited. Some of you don't know your singleness is deliverance. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you were dating, you would have been a mother without a ring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they call it opportunity cost yeah. because there's lady in your life you can't control yourself if you were single you can, you can handle it you put the pillow between your legs and sleep but there's a sister in your life so as long as you are some way hello where are you I've missed you come around opportunity amen so some of you, God has delivered you by making you single. Because the things you would have done is to be crimes against genocide. International Court of Heaven will have to try your case. Yeah. 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 JT, God has delivered you. 
By now, like you see, brother Oja, like you would have said, sister, if you get pregnant, the whole world will see me. So you, you are, like by now, you have aborted seven children. God knows you can't handle it, so you don't date and and wait. So some people don't date five times and don't marry. Others to the only person they date is the one they marry. Don't use someone's story to measure your story. That why is it that me? (laughs) Hallelujah. Can I preach my message? So I've stirred you up. I hope you have finished copying your notes. Two, 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 quickly. I want to know what you learned. You think I'll leave you? Yes, yes, uh-huh. They have learned. Uh-huh. Zuri, tell me something. I finished spy. I helped you. What do you think? Helped you to spy. But you see, it's not how many times you peeped, peeped. It's what is in your heart. And if you used it, it should have come first thing. Like, yeah, I tried it this week. My mind was off. But when I remembered I was a righteous it, I came back on track. It's a powerful thing. Yeah, what do you learn? Please give him a mic. Where's Ken? Give him a mic. Somebody should give him a mic. Uh-huh. Um, so, oh. what I learned, it was something you actually passed and you were ending. You said okay. that righteousness is God's effort for man. Mm. So, all through the week, when I was getting tired in the fast, I'm like, mm, God has already made the effort for me. Then mm. I just get the strength. Hallelujah. When I'm getting tired in prayer, God has made the effort it for me. It was easy like that. <laughs> Eh? Yeah. It was easy. But like as soon yeah. as you say that, it happens. As soon as I say it, there's a little resistance, but immediately I just get the energy. You get the energy to yeah. pray yeah. and to fast. And to fast. Hallelujah. Your effort is God. That's what it means for him to be your righteousness. So for Christ to be my righteousness means that I don't need to try again. It has been done for me. Amen. Yes, let me come to the middle session. Yes, Benedicta, quickly. Then I'll come here, I'll come back again. You said if you don't find anyone, choose somebody. <laughs> Quickly, yes. Vote you somebody. Imagine that uh-huh. we are the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. That means that we are proof that God is right. Okay. And you said Christ is our righteousness. It means our righteousness is not a conduct, but a person. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So what did you did you apply it? Um, the second one mm-hmm. that I got to know that my righteousness is not based on what I do. Mm, so you lied and you realized that oh. <laughs> You didn't tell the full story, but something like that. Not really like that. Something, yeah. Yes. Atu. Christ is your righteousness. Your voice is Christ. Yeah. Please make it one. Okay, don't make it a number of things, man. Okay, like what did you learn? Yes. And so what did you apply? So then, um, with the intro you gave, okay, um, you spoke about hearing. Okay. And even before we started, Pastor always shared a few about it. But then, um, I've always had this thing of the hearing bit, how and what. Sometimes I feel it's the same. So, um, actually, when I went to listen to it again, I went to the scriptures. And I realized that they were all saying the same thing, but it looks like everybody understood, yes, that one is how and one is what. So in the course of the week, um, I didn't share it at work um, because we, we used to have a lot of issues with people saying, um, this is what you said, but then you didn't say it like. Uh-huh. So the how and the what was confusing us at work. So um, when I actually got it, I went to work and I told them, look, now we've gotten to a place where if you find what, 
It's not only about the what, the how. So if I say something and you don't get it, let me say it in a way that you can understand better. So, so there are times where when I say to three people, one got the thing like that, but another didn't get it. So I have to change how I said it in a better way for them to get it. And this week has been good. And um, God bless you. Amen. May all your weeks be good. Yes, come here again. Someone here. What's the name? Quickly. I was not here. Sir, <laughs> so you didn't teach us. We have never been taught in our life. <laughs> okay, so um, I also learned something uh, wonderful from Second Peter. Okay. Two, the seven and eight. And I think from the verse eight, um, the Bible says that for that righteous man, Lord, dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vex his righteous soul. All right. And I think from when you were teaching, you said the word vex over there means to torture, to wear and tear down. So while meditating on it in the course of the week, I realized that in in seeing and hearing in my environment, what I see, what I hear can either wear me down or build me up. Mm. So I realized that, I mean, I must see the, the right things, I must hear the right things, and it will help me. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Middle section, quickly. One more. Yes. <laughs> you see how Peter denied Jesus. <laughs> Somebody just suggests that we have chosen who say hey. We have chosen who? <laughs> That's what they did to Jesus. That's why guys are we know he's like hey. <laughs> Don't be silly over there, you smart girl. Where were you born? <laughs> yes, yes, excellent. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, there was someone behind there who was ready to talk. Okay, okay, you also talk. Okay. Uh-huh. You, you want to pass. Uh-huh. So, like, you read it, but then look at and hear it. So it's it's really caught me. Okay. That instead of it being a continuous look at as you said uh, or see, but then it's here. So when you are reading the word, you have to read it to your hearing. hearing yes. And this week I did it. And when you read it, like you are reading to yourself, it's beautiful. Like there is. <laughs> In one of your message, you. Uh, ICGC, you said um, your senses have to read the word, so it's not your eyes, your ears. So I practice that with the audio. And reading it to yourself, too, it's like you are adding it up. Your ears, your eyes, and your mouth. Hallelujah. There are some people who don't want them in your class. (laughs) They will make your teacher give all sorts of homework. (laughs) Yes. So it's um, relation to what she said. Okay. And from the introduction, he said something like um, a filthy conversation okay. can also influence on you, whether positive or negative. Okay. And so um, looking at where I am and going to the studio, he said something um, concerning probably following friends, listening to what they say, uh-huh. going for a club, like uh-huh. these things, yes. Uh, you might think that it's not affecting you because you are not doing it. 
but it's in a way affecting you. And so I made a conscious effort not to sit among people that probably speak negative thoughts and other things. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Share. Okay. Ben, right? I want Ben to talk. We'll come back here. Hello. I want Ben. Yeah. Hi. You ben. said something. I said something. Uh, you were there? You were there last week? Yes. Okay, what did I say? Satan took all the singers from everybody. <laughs> Please. Please. And, and uh-huh. prison is, is the way to silence the oh, to silence okay. Satan. So okay. Within the course of the week, like, you were prison. It's almost gospel because more times I've been sick then shut down but this time oh yeah like like this time this time but this week you are saying gospel like I was sure if, if when I woke up on like sleep no the first thing come on it's gospel like, hallelujah like, praise the Lord amen yes let's come here Joyce okay Joyce Mesha okay start from Mesha so you come to the front hallelujah praise the Lord Okay, so I learned that um, Christ is our offering. And that because we are in Christ, when something happens, um, God doesn't look at us. He um, looks at us. He examines Christ. Hallelujah. So Christ is your offering. God has not examined the offerer. He examines the offering. Hallelujah. Yes. You are adding to it. Okay. What I, um, what I learned. Okay. So um, I actually didn't know the extent to which... Um, it had gone, you know, the effect it had had on me, I didn't know. So um, I think today in church, during the worship, usually when something happens, I'm so quick to rebuke myself, and it weighs me down so much for days. Okay. So something happened, and then it, it was all in my mind, yes. And then the response I gave, I was amazed so much that I had to share, um, share that here because I didn't know how much, or how far I had gone, like the messages and the teachings were. I didn't know the extent to which it was working on me. Hallelujah. Praise, Praise God. God. Yes, who again? One person. Okay, so Joyce alone. Hmm? Amen. So people, they're just giving fans. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. That's our mention is. Yes. Amen. So, um, my mom, she always says that, oh, if I go to church and I sing in the house of God, I have to be covering my hair. I don't. I shouldn't wear trousers. There, there are other things if you hear. Very, very religious stuff. Okay. So, um, after after Sunday, she sends me an audio. When she wants to send me those audio, she sends it. She sends it at dawn. <laughs> so, like her voice is a certain way, and you you will feel guilty. So I I waited till like ten in the morning, and then I played the audio. Like she's been saying it for a while, you know, and it's very emotional yeah, and like all that. of that. And she said that, yeah, you know, and those things. So when prophet said that, you cannot please God in your flesh. It's all part. So it's like if you don't wear trousers, you feel like, oh, then you are righteous before God. But Christ is our righteousness. So no matter what you do, it is Christ that God is looking at. So when I heard that audio, now I said, mm, Mama, we don't want. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't say that to her. But I'm trying to find after after the service, after the service, like now I'm set because before I feel I used to feel bad to be honest. 
that oh so i decided that i won't wear trousers but i started again <laughs> because she's not here so after the message now i have i'm certain that actually it is not what i do or what i wear and so and about the vexing of the soul throughout the week there are certain people i just decided not to talk yeah because like prophet said they are selling things some there are certain people Many people are muted there because I think you see over there. So if I mute you, I won't see. So I, I practice by gradually dis- distancing myself from certain people. And then so that my, my righteous self will not be vexed by slot. Amen. Hallelujah. Clap yourself. Blessed be the name of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Alright, so today we want to jump quickly into the rights of righteousness. The rights of righteousness. Why the rights of righteousness? The rights of righteousness simply means that what has righteousness brought to us? What has righteousness given us to access? What has righteousness made available to us? And it's so important you understand this because if you don't understand this, your entire Christian life is going to be a roller coaster. You go up a little bit, you come down a little bit because you still don't understand what this righteousness is all about. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter four, sorry, Hebrews chapter five, verse thirteen, that. You know, anyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he's a babe. Now, the word unskillful is not teaching it. The word unskillful is not about, you know, many times you talk about, you know, teaching the word. No, it's not about teaching the word of righteousness. No. And what he's inferring here in the, in the Greek is, 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 is from um, more like a hunter that goes out and kind of spears or uses an arrow to kill its prey. So the word unskillful here is speaking about, you know, the passion puts it nicely. He says that anyone that, you know, uses, uses milk is like one who is not yet pierced with the revelation of righteousness. You know, there's a way you can be preaching a message and listen to this. Prior to this, guilt pierces you. So you can preach a message and it's like, a mm, Or I've been pierced by your words. But he's saying that instead of guilt and condemnation piercing you, he says the Greek word unskillful is the word you are now pierced with the revelation and the stands of righteousness. It means that everything you do, you have that mindset, that default posture that Christ is your righteousness. Now, People think this is a dangerous ground to tread on, but actually it's a great weapon. A lot of people have stopped praying because they are guilty. You see, we, we don't... Now, ask yourself a question. God is loving, isn't it? But why haven't some people come to the Lord? It's because of the guilt message we preach. Come to the Lord, oh ye sinners. Look at what you have done. You have aborted seven babies. The man you are with is not your husband. You preach all sorts of heavy messages and it's like, mm, conviction. Yesterday I was speaking to, you know, um, um, Dr. Kweku. And we're talking about even some of the preachers online who are calling some of the preachers fake preachers and prophets. And I, I, I saw it. I, I, did, I don't waste my time. I will unmute it. Because I'll write not interested. Then the, the right caption. Many Christians will go to hell. Yes, that's the caption of the, the video. 
And they've put into bracket Billy Graham false preachers into bracket the sinner's prayer. So he's saying that everyone who has said the sinner's prayer is going to hell. Because that's not enough to make you born again. This is still the doctrine of works. But you see, scripture has also said, your righteousness is as filthy. You see, the word, you see, English makes it look some way. The Hebrew for filthy rag is menstruation cloth. And if you understand the Jewish culture, even when you menstruate, they are saying you are unclean. You don't come to church. In the Jewish culture, if you menstruate, you go home. You're on the way to church and blood draws pack home. Yes. And you separate yourself for a week. And after a week, you bath running water. And running water is water is rainwater. And you mix it and bath to cleanse yourself before you can come to congregation. So that's how we'll be running shift in church with the women. Because the week you menstruate, no church. You are dirty. And that's what scripture says that you are not just the art or the act of menstruation. You are the cloth they used to absorb the blood. That is, and he didn't say your sin, no. He said your righteousness. So what you think is good enough works. God sees it as menstruation part. Mm, Jesus Christ. What a message. It's a serious picture. So don't think you are good. You can't. Mm. No, no, no. If, if we are good enough, then Jesus shouldn't have died. Do you understand? And these are the things when I read that. Go like, don't they read the Bible? Don't they? Don't they? And like she was saying, laws. Everyone who oppresses that law believes women shouldn't preach. It's a sin that a woman is a preacher. But I wonder, the very people, now hear me, that propagate this law forget Miriam was a preacher. In fact, the Bible called her a prophetess. So she even gave prophetic utterance to the nation of Israel. Even in the time of the law. So what are you talking about? We don't study the Bible, so we listen to everything. At the birth of Jesus, a prophetess met Christ. Paul greeted Junior and Andronicus, two women apostles. They became apostles before Paul was an apostle. We don't read the Bible. So anybody can sway us with sentiments. But it's wrong. What has trousers got to do with salvation? Trouser. Trouser. This is the problem Jesus had with the Pharisees. Deals, wearing a dress, looking some way. It's no. And Jesus said, that is not it. It is not what comes out. He said, it's not what enters man. It's what comes out of him that defiles a man. So you can wear a nice dress, but you are fornicating your head. You know, you know there's a way somebody can watch you and he has x-rayed you. You think you are talking to somebody in your head, in his head. <laughs> He's smiling. You think it's not what you are saying. He knows the pictures he has in his head. So if you don't take care, a lot of people are doing a lot of crazy things. But they are hiding behind the guise of piety. But God didn't call us to piety. He called us to a life from inside that overwhelms our outside. Not an outside covering that covers our inside sins. It's a serious matter. But we must understand that we are pierced, say I'm pierced with the revelation of righteousness. Amen. Say I'm pierced 
with the revelation of righteousness. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, if you don't get this revelation, after this you hear another preacher preach that all of us are sinners. And God has had mercy on us. But I taught you that God didn't just save us by mercy. He saves us by payment. If you say God, so some people have, I've heard someone preach that we are none of us are children of God. Adoption means that the way you don't give birth to a child and write document. I mean, they've brought civil adoption to biblical adoption. And so we are messing the whole church up. And that's why the world has not yet heard good news. It's too tasking. We are telling the weed smoker to stop smoking weed to come to church. How can he? It's like telling a cripple, excuse me to say, to walk. Or telling a man who is bedridden to cook for you. You are demanding from him what is impossible. Jeremiah said it in Jeremiah 13, I think 23. He said, can a leopard change his spots? Or an Ethiopian his color? Then I will seek from you who are accustomed to evil, good. So he says, you can't change a leopard's spot. And the same way a man who, Ethiopian there in the scripture speaks of blackness. A black man, you can't change his color. At that time, they were not yet bleaching. But you can't change his color. <laughs> but the strange thing about bleaching is that no matter what you do, your knuckles will betray you. Or under your hair will show that something is happening that is not natural. Amen. And so, he's saying that the same way you can't change the Ethiopian skin, neither can you change your leopard spot. It's the same way that the person who is doing evil, you require good from him. So, God knew that there's no way we can match up. He said there's none, not one. Not one. If there was one who was holy enough, Jesus would need to die. That person would be enough for our sins. But no one was found. Not even the twins for elders. When they enter heaven, even angels were not capable of handling the thing. So let's let's I'm I'm saying this to encourage you because you see, you are going to get into these things. When we said false teaching is going to up, it's going to rise. And the false teaching I've told you, poison does not tell you it is poison, it will look like a good message, but behind it is the works of the law. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Somebody didn't say I'm going to stop. No, 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 no. Did you, did you try stopping Shatawale? You just woke up song was on your mouth. You were saying praise. That's all. Impartation and meditation. That's all. Produce results. You want to stop? That's why you will not stop. And you will stop for two weeks. Then after that you will catch up. Have you have catch up some sins before? Like you stopped for a while. Then when you went back, hey, you're like, hey, is this me? It's as if you have not born again. You are worse than you came. That is effort. You are using your strength too much. You'll be tired. And Jesus said, if you come like that, then there's no need for him to die. And that's the Lord's problem with us. We always want to do something to put him aside. He said, no, let me do it for you. And someone was like, one day I told somebody about rest. The person said, so prophet, he said, won't do anything. No. Read the Bible. Rest doesn't mean you don't do anything. Adam was in rest, but he was working. His work was God's work. Amen. In Romans 4, verse 25, please follow me very well today. I'll try and stay within my 
teaching anointing. Uh, so I'll not do a lot of digressing. I know that I just deceived myself. <laughs> Amen. Romans 4.25. He says what? And then Jesus Christ was delivered for our sins. That's for death. And raised up for our justification. Justification means that for us to be accounted for as righteous. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ brought us righteousness. Are you understanding? He was ra- Because listen to this. If Jesus died for our sins and remained dead, then the only way the transaction of righteousness will happen is that in God making us righteous, we should also be dead. It means that anybody who comes to Christ, your end should be the tomb. Are you understand what I'm talking about? But because he was raised to life, when you become the righteousness of God, what happened as a serious transaction in the spirit becomes a spiritual effect in your spirit. So that that effect in your spirit, though it's happening, does not kill you. You still walk. Because the energy of the resurrection keeps you in the dimension where what is dangerously capable of killing you and putting you off to sleep still happens in you and you are still walking like a normal person. So he was raised for our justification. So that we will be declared righteous. So that you will show to the world and the angels and demons that he has done a perfect exchange. So that we that was made sin died so that he lives. So that we in him when we also died are also justified to live as now the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Say I'm pierced with the revelation of righteousness. I'm pierced with the revelation of righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm saying that the moment you get into this dimension, then you are saying to God that the work of Satan in Adam is mightier than the work of Christ in man. Then you are saying that what Satan did in the garden is too strong than what Jesus did on the cross. If you say you are not the righteousness of God, then that's what you are implying. That Satan's work in man is mightier than Christ's work in man. But we know that's not true. And we know that's a lie from hell. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, are you here with me? So what then brings us the rights of righteousness? Once upon a time in Israel, they had seven main feasts. They have seven main feasts. They're still celebrating now. Four are early part of the year. Three are later part of the year. Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of the First Fruits, Feast of Pentecost, the Hashavot, then Feast of uh, Unleavened Bread, Feast of Passover, the Feast of what? Ta- um, Rosh Hashanah, the New Year, Feast of Trumpets. Yeah. So there are seven major feasts in Israel. And these feasts are all designed as a revelation of Christ's suf- sacrifice. But there's one last one I did mention called the Feast of Atonement. It's called the Yom Kippur. Now, this Yom Kippur was actually a day where man had come to oneness with God. Man had come to oneness with God. Now, you must understand that in redemption, propitiation is what happened before God and Christ. 
and reconciliation is what happened between the Lord and us. Propitiation means payment. There was a debt that needed to be paid. And when Jesus died, the blood was used to pay and satisfy the requirements of the justice of the universe. So when this transaction happened in the spirit, what was now achieved at the end of the process was righteousness. So righteousness can be said to be the end product of redemption. Righteousness can be said to be the end product of redemption. Sorry. Now, having said this, what it means is this, that when Israel had the day of atonement, they believed that uh, Satan, because of the fall, had authority over them the entire year. 365 days of the year, Satan had authority over them. And the name Satan in the Hebrew is the word shiatan. 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 You know? From the word Tav, Shin. And when you add the numeric values of those letters, you have 364. In the Hebrew numerology of the name Satan, the number adds up to 364. And they believe that the day of atonement was the only day Satan couldn't touch them. Because it was the day, play of words, atonement means at one meant. They and God became one. So in the feast of Yom Kippur, what happens is that amongst all the days of Israel, when you sin, you bring an offering for your sin. But for Yom Kippur, the sheep that are kept as the Lord's sheep are sacrificed on behalf of the whole nation. Then the priest caps the blood. And when he caps the blood, he enters the holy place. Then from the holy place, he takes up the communion to have capacity to stand in front of God. So the communion means he's coming to common union with God. So he takes the table of um, his presence, the bread, the show bread, and the wine flagon. He drinks it. Then when he drinks it, he continues into the Holy of Holies with the blood. Now, as soon as he enters the Holy of Holies with the blood, he does so by carrying the blood and pouring it into the golden censer in the holy place. Forgive me. When we do typology, you understand it better. But I want to say what I want to say. So let me build my journey. The way you're looking at me, you're like, what on earth is he talking about? <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> so he carries the blood in the censer, golden censer, and enters the Holy of Holies. Now, as soon as he gets to the Holy of Holies, he has a chain to his leg. Because only him that is approved of God enters the Holy of Holies. And it is only one man that standeth before the Lord on behalf of every man. And the only way the man can stand before the Lord on behalf of every man is what you call the ephod or the chest piece. That golden garment they wear is what gives them the covering. Are you here? I'll show you a key today. Remember when God came to judge Moses' siblings... That was Aaron and Miriam. Bible says that when Miriam was smitten with leprosy, Aaron immediately held the lap of the tie of Moses and said, my Lord and my God, have mercy on me. He immediately called Moses, his, his younger brother, his God. And after he did that, something happened to Aaron. Aaron's judgment was stayed for his service. So Bible says when Aaron was done with his priestly service and was about to die and they were transferring the assignment to his son. Bible says as soon as they removed the bonnet, they removed everything, as soon as they removed the chest piece, which was the effort, he fell at that spot. He couldn't take a step after. 
So as they removed it off him, he collapsed on the floor, dead. It means the effort prevented God's judgment. Are you here? What it meant was that when the high priest wears the chest piece, he is coming by reason of the chest piece. The chest piece has 12 stones, which represents the 12 tribes of Israel. So Aaron could not die as long as he's wearing the chest piece because the love of God towards Israel is everlasting. So if he's still wearing it, he is prevented from death because of the chest piece. Because it is a representation of all of Israel. Are you here? So one man stands on behalf of the whole nation. But when he enters, a chain is tied to his ankle. So that when he pours the blood and he has done innocent and he is struck down by God, one man will die. And by his death, are you understanding? By his death, something happens. Israel in that year will not have rain. It will be a wicked year for them. It will be a difficult year for them. Their farming products will not work. Nothing will work that year. Because the priest has defiled himself. Are you following me? That's why I remember in the story of Zechariah, he had to be tied with a chain. So in case he dies, they drag. Because if you go there, you'll be struck, you'll be struck too. So they have to pull the man out of the Holy of Holies by a chain on his leg. Because so, he's dead. And that is why in the scriptures, in typology, what happens is that no matter how good a citizen of Israel was, the one who wore your chest piece, if he is denied, then you are denied. So you can be good that year. You didn't cheat on anybody. You were holy, you were righteous, you were good in everything you did. But the one who is standing on your behalf, if he fails, then you fail. In the same wise, the corrupt man, the thief, the murderer, the rapist, if the priest is accepted, it will not rain in the good people's house. Matthew chapter 5. God is able to cause it to rain on the just and the unjust. It will rain on everybody in Israel's house. Why? The chest piece is the representation of all the people, whether good or bad. So the qualification of Israel, number one, is in their offering, which the priest inspects. But the qualification after the priest has carried holy, holy blood is also not dependent on his sacrifice he's bringing, but on the priest who is offering. That is why Jesus was not just the offering. He was also the offerer. Because as high priest who is in the heavenlies, when he comes to present it on our behalf, God sees him and accepts him. Wherefore, he has made us to be accepted in the beloved. So because Jesus is accepted now, Jesus has made his acceptance your acceptance. I'll show you a very serious matter today. Why righteousness is a great born? Beloved, the reason why you can even have two steps to take after a sin it's because of acceptance. You don't know the law of God. God is holy, unsullied. You see, when it comes to holiness, the distraction or the demise of holiness is sully. Sully means to stain. God is unsullied in holiness and unflinching in justice. It means nothing you do, your tears, your plea will not change his ways. 
He is unflinching. Just oh yes, finch him. You understand? That's why you get away, finch him. <laughs> he is unflinching in his justice and unsullied in his holiness. So, beloved, if God tells you the soul that sins must die, then as you were even sinning in your heart, you should get stroke. But what kind of guilt have you entertained after two months of a crime? And you think that's God's justice? You think that's God's punishment? A wind should have carried you two months ago. You think God, no, so God was staying justice. Or God is a torturer. He is torturing you. He said, give him slow poison. (laughs) A little bit every day. It's a lie. You have no idea who God is. So your ability to even walk up to Jesus and say, I'm sorry. That is why in that year, listen to this. In that year of atonement that the people were accepted. When someone sins and brings a sin offering, he can bring the offering. Because of what has been accepted in the year contract. So anything he brings, God has no option but to forgive. But if the priest is not accepted, then no offering will suffice. Because it's an umbrella offering that has other offerings. Go study it well. You'll notice that there's an atonement where an offering is given for everybody. Yet in that year after the offering is given for everybody, people's little, little sins, they are able to bring offering. What am I saying? The little, little sins you do that you receive forgiveness for is because of the bigger offering of Jesus Christ on the cross. If Jesus was not accepted, all that little Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. He said, Scripture said it in 1 John 1, I told you, he is faithful and righteous. To forgive you. Why? Because a bigger offering has been offered. Is somebody here at all? Yeah. Are you sure you are here? Yeah. Amen. Amen. These are the message when you preach someone goes like, ah. because all along you thought something said, God is against you. God will never forgive you. It's the works of the law. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Yeah. Aren't you glad? Many times people have told me I should be an apologist because sometimes I wait for people to tie themselves in the web in their argument. And I smile. I go like, you don't have a point. Even your point is contradictory. <laughs> yes, that's the truth. You know, you know there's some people who are teaching that the whole book of Genesis is a, is a fictional event. Yeah, it didn't really happen. How you have noticed that? You've heard how has heard that before? Yeah, like it's it's a it's an allegory, it's a metaphor. It's yeah, the historian says it's, a, it's like the kind of things that are described. It can't it, it can't be a literal event. Have you heard that before? Yeah, and some even say what well, the creation of man is also a metaphorical action. When that person told me this and asked me that question, I told the person, if the creation of you is a metaphor, then your existence is a metaphor. No, you have to date yourself back and think about what you are agreeing to. It does not make sense. If you are a, a proverb or an idiom, how God created you was an idiom. Like God knelt down and idiomatically fashioned you, idiomatically called you male and female, idiomatically, then you are an idiom. Then all these things is virtual reality. And even the nonsense you are saying is also an idiot. 
No, no, people don't get it. You see, you have to understand the, the power of cause and effect. And in determining cause and effect in science, you don't go to immediate cause. There is previous cause. Because by that immediate cause, there is inertia. Inertia means resident energy that has not yet been used. So whatever caused first inertia, you have to go back to it. It's quantum physics. You have to go to original energy that was produced. So even what you call potential energy, something produced that energy. So let me show you something. In science, you see there's cause and effect. So what it means is this. What you even call potential energy, most of the times, is a product of kinetic energy. Something was moving and came to a halt. And at the halting spot, inertia, there were energies it was building. That's why it's called potential energy. May the Lord open your mind and open your heart and open your spirit. When you see dollars, your eyes come alive, palm. When you see signs to me, your eyes come alive, palm. Because what we are getting to, and I'm telling you, you need to learn and defend the reason why you have believed. And you must be so masterful about it, gracious in love. If I'm speaking to an unbeliever, I don't do this. I'll just relax and ask him one question. When he gets stuck, I'll say, listen, until you prove that to me, Let's talk about something else. Because if you try to make someone feel stupid for what he believes for five years, they won't agree. So there's no point. And anytime someone is losing an, event, an argument, they start insulting. It means they don't know what to say. Yeah. And any true person who really argues well on the basis of fact will be wise enough to tell you, I'll meet you next week with my findings. And if you're a good student indeed, when you go and research and you come back after a week, if you are wrong, you concede. It's true. Thank you for making me realize. It's pride that makes you enter nonsensical rebuttals that have no basis. It's like, no, it's all about ego. You just don't want to agree you are wrong. Meanwhile, too, you are wrong. Yeah. And I was boldly saying something. I was saying, God, 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 not when my wife has researched. No, I said, no, no, I said, no, honey, it's not like that. I said, no, it's like that. Then I went online. Then I asked him, when did you read yours? <laughs> so last week, I said, yes, mine was one year ago. <laughs> so as at one year, I was like, it's ego. You just don't want to lose. You are wrong. Can the man say amen? Yeah. You are wrong, guy, you are wrong. <laughs> so no matter how much you defend that you are right, wrong is wrong. Is somebody getting it? Wrong is wrong. I just bother to bring your mind to something. Take your time before you get into these things. I think it's more idiomatic to say there's a big bang theory. Because according to the basis of science, there's no sense in it. That a cell by its own self, then that cell must be God. Because if the cell by its own self decided to replicate mitosis and meiosis and become a two-celled body, then that cell must be God because it has self-origination. So if you say that cell was able to break itself into other cells and produce other protoplasm and whatever, cytoplasm, all those things, and you've got goggy bodies and mitochondria and all the things, and you have become an organism. After all that, you produce cell membrane. Then you are actually inadvertently agreeing that that cell is God. Because what we are saying God is, is one who self-produces. So even your definition that the cell defies the existence of God is proof that the cell itself might be God. Mm. Mm. I preach my message. I've shaken some waters. 
It will bless you someday. So atonement. It's actually atonement. That's who I am. Atonement. At one with God. So because of the sacrifice that is accepted for the nation, every other subsequent daily sacrifices is also accepted. Amen? Amen. I said amen. amen. Oh, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. I'll show you why it's like that. Amen? Now, so what happens now is this, that God is now communicating to us that by this sacrifice, our righteousness was conferred. And he said in Psalm 89 verse 15, can you read that one for me quickly? A very powerful scripture we always quote. Blessed. Uh-huh. Psalm 89 15. Blessed, Blessed. Are the people that know the joyful sound. So this joyful sound was when the priest had poured the blood. And after pouring the blood on the mercy seat, he is not struck down. After pouring the blood on the mercy seat, the proof that God accepted the offering was the Shekinah will shine. It means I've agreed. Then after the Shekinah shines and the glory shows up in the holy place, holy of holies, the priest speaks a language that is other than Hebrew. That's what the Jewish rabbis believe, that he spoke an other tongue that was aside the Hebrew dialect in the presence of the Shekinah. He spoke a heavenly language. And when he spoke that language, he will come out and he will hear the bells at the end of his skirt and the pomegranates that is together. There will be a chiming sound. Chim, chim, chim. And when he gets to the entrance, he will shout, Tetelestai! That is the joyful noise. It means it is finished. And because it is finished, this year there will be bumper harvest. This year there will be rain. This year God will hear us when we cry. This year when we sing, God will forgive us. That is the meaning of the joyful noise. And look what he said after that. He said, blessed is the people that know a joyful noise. Why? Why? They shall walk. They shall walk. Uh In the light of their countenance. In the light of his countenance. You know what it means? The word light, according to Ephesians 5 verse 13, he said, it is light that doth make manifest. So light is manifestation. So literally you can say, they shall walk in the manifestation. And the word countenance is panim, presence. So because they have been accepted, their walk from that day is in his presence. All your days are numbered by God. He has counted the very hairs on your head. Because since you became his righteousness, your life is now in his presence. No wonder from the day we accepted everything about us, he has blessed us with spiritual blessings in Christ. In him, we have redemption. In him, in Christ, in whom. Why? We are now walking in the manifestation of his presence. Hallelujah. Oh, are you here with me? Or you don't like the message? It's a serious matter. Of God's righteousness. Some of you have not sinned enough. If you sin well, you will know that this is your message. Some of you have not you trust your energy. You, you believe you can hold yourself. I've told you before, the day Delilah will show up, you realize that, wow. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. You never knew. I don't know if you can boast that me, I will never fall. It's pride. Yeah, that's why I said, let him that thinketh stand. Take heed. So it is that thinking you are standing that makes you a candidate of quick fall. Your standing is the Lord. We stand in this liberty wherewith Christ has given us. So my stand is the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Put on the whole armor of God. And having done all these things, stand. So I stand in the Lord. So I'm not good enough. That's why anybody who understands righteousness, you're not quick to judge people. 
You know this one, if it was you, do it. That's why when Paul told the church that if anybody amongst you is caught with any final sin, he said you should have rather mourned. You know what? He said the mourning means that put yourself in the situation. That the way the girl passed his hand on the guy's chest, would you stand? If it was you, would you stand? And be honest. When you see that brother greet him, say, ha, ah, it took you two weeks. It would have taken one hour. <laughs> you have done well. Brother, the Lord is with you. This one, I understand. Sometimes you see somebody having marital issues. You think you, you are a good, good person. Why did Jonah did it to his pastor friend? He said it himself. He did it to his own pastor friend. He said, he doesn't understand why a pastor should have a divorce. And God met him in the night and rebuked him. He said, who told you? He said, who told you you are better than him? I said, Lord, how come? He said, your wife, and eh, she's so gentle. You know, there are some women, they have domestic humility. They don't need the Holy Ghost to be gentle. They are gentle. They don't talk in public, always smiling. Even when they're angry, <laughs> they don't show anger. Yeah, it's, dom- it's called domestic humility. It has a limit. That is, is, yeah, there's a day when you press a button, like, wow, wow. <laughs> you can do this too. <laughs> you didn't know it's there. It's, one, it's just a button away. That you press the wrong button, you see display. It's called domestic, it's not anointing. Because the person has not yet been stretched. You see, anointing is when they stretch you to your limit and you still can go the limit. Then you know this one is anointing. This one is not me. <laughs> me, like by now, I've, I've cut the rope at one kilometer, but we are 10 and I'm still okay. It's anointing. So the one has provoked me and I'm still moving. It means it's anointing. Because my natural self, by one, I'm done. But I've gone two, I've gone three, at five, I'm still smiling. When I even look at myself in the mirror, I'm wondering, ah, who has bewitched me? <laughs> like, is it me? I'm allowing such nonsense to continue? Anointing. God is working on you. Say, God is working on me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He said, the Lord rebuked him. And when the Lord rebuked him, he came to himself. And he came to understand. The Lord said to him, says, it's easy to love your wife. That's why she has not given you problems. You would have had a worse divorce than her. And he said, that's your friend. He said, you, I gave you eight portions of love. You have used only three. Because your wife doesn't need too much. You know, some women, you don't need to buy them rose. They are fine. I love you, sister. Now, some people, you have to be dramatic. Rose, balloon, petals, all over the stairs. Then when she also opens the door, you're on your knees, crawling. I love you. Ah, ah, ah. Why? But my Martinet, with all his beard, you have reduced him to papa. He has to beg you <laughs> before you feel loved. Yeah. It's like my wife. My wife doesn't like chocolate. So when I heard it, I said, ah, in Valentine's Day, we are free. <laughs> yeah, go my mother. Is it? I'll buy you apples. Apple is not, they say, well, chocolate day. They didn't say, well, apple day. So it's apple day, I'll buy you apple. But perhaps your wife likes chocolate. So you might be obliged to buy chocolate. Yes. Do you understand? So the way you are loving your wife, it's not the way I love. It's like someone, I remember when I was young, some man came to a house and I was pouring milk on my, my oats. And the man said, stop it. <laughs> I was shocked that he told my brother, why are they letting me pour the milk like that? Do I know the cost of milk? It's your house law. Is it my house law? <laughs> Me, my house, we pour milk till the can is empty. Then you buy another one. <laughs> he said they are spoiling me because they are allowing you to. Can you imagine? That's what people do. 
Amen. Your, your house. Your wife calls you John. Your wife calls you baby. But perhaps your friend's house, the wife calls the husband daddy. <laughs> or dada. You know, it's like instead of the wife to call the wife, the husband baby. So you, your husband, you know, you, you come home, you say, honey, stop calling me dada. What is dada? Can't you call me baby or something? Say, then the dada. Dada me pacho. What is that? Am I the father? Did I give birth to you? What is dada? Then it becomes a fight. Because when you saw your cousin and your friend, baby, obey. Like, you're like, why can't you? That's how you are just, hmm. What type of man have I married? You were fine with dada. Take it like that. So you heard somebody's called baby. Amen. You, your birthday, they will buy you GTB cloth. Hallelujah. Your friend's birthday, they invite you to the party. They've given the person Q7. Hallelujah. Don't come home and come and lie down. What kind of marriage at all? Uba, Uba, cry, come by. Uba, Uba, how much is Daiwu, Matiz? Daiwu, at least. Let him start with a taxi. We can do something about it. What is the meaning of GTP? That's how the next time they give you GTP, you're like, thank you. <laughs> I said I won't divert. What are you doing to me? Let me go back to my message. <laughs> Hallelujah. Blessed are the people that know a joyful noise. Blessed are the people that know a joyful noise. Amen? So because of what God has done, we have the opportunity to walk in righteousness. He shall show his countenance to us. Now see what verse 16 says. Verse 16 says what? Verse 16. In thy name shall they rejoice all day. Uh And in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. So in the name of the Lord, which is a product of the righteousness of the Lord, they will rejoice in thy name all day. And in thy what? righteousness shall they be exalted. So they will be exalted. They will be promoted because of the Lord's righteousness. Say, because of God's righteousness, I'm exalted. Say, because of God's righteousness, I'm exalted. This is where Ephesians chapter 2, 5, and 6 come to play. It says, you who are dead in your trespasses has he quickened together. Remember Romans chapter 5, it says something very powerful that, you know, for scarcely for a righteous man will any die, but for a good man, man, someone may dare, per adventure, he may dare to die. Then he comes to say something very beautiful after that. He says that now, while we were yet without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. Are you understanding? So there's something about his righteousness that brought us to elevation to make us to be seated to get with him together in heavenly places far above principalities. So because of righteousness, we have been exalted. See, because of righteousness, I've been exalted. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Are, are you sure you are here? Amen. The presence of the Lord. So what's the first blessing of righteousness? The first fruit, the first product, the first right of righteousness. In Galatians chapter 3, the verse number 8. Galatians 3 verse number 8. Galatians 3 8. No, go to verse 14. Galatians 3 14. So, verse 13 says that curse is any man that hangeth on the tree. What? Because Christ has made a curse, has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. Christ has made a curse for, for us. Then the Bible says that the what? That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. On the Gentiles, Jesus. what? Through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, uh-huh. That we may receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So the blessing of the 
cross or the blessing of what God gave us was righteousness. Remember, I shared with you last week that when scripture talks about the curse of the law, I have mentioned to you the effort that has no godly assistance. When you use your effort without God, that is curse. So he said, curse the, the, the ground for your sake. But have you not noticed that in the same garden, before the curse came, God still said, dress the garden. So what was he going to dress? It's the same earth. So he was going to labor. Hey. But that labor had God in it. No, listen. First Corinthians 3, 9 says what? We are the Lord's husband, Lord's garden. We are co-laborers together with him. Amen. So if we understand that God is laboring together with us, that is a blessing. Are, are we here? So I want you to get this right. Though. Anytime we say curse, it means you are doing something without God. Anytime you are doing something and God is not part, you should know you are traversing the path of the curse. God is not in it. You are, you are around the curse. So the curse of the law, it means that Jesus now hung on the cross without God's assistance. Remember that. God had to leave him because he had to become a curse. Hey, are we good? Okay. So then what is the blessing? God being added to the equation. And the moment God is added to the equation, everything God is becomes what you are. So the blessing of Abraham, notice, this is the mistake we do a lot of times as Christians. We don't take time to check the punctuations and the plurality of verbs and nouns. The Bible didn't say the blessings of Abraham. He said that the blessing of Abraham might come unto the Gentiles by faith. What was that blessing? Genesis chapter 15, the verse number 6. And Abraham believed, and it was imputed or accounted to him as righteousness. Then the Bible now comes to uh, um, Galatians chapter 3, verse 8. He says, and God, foreseeing aforetime that he was going to bless the heathen by faith, preached unto Abraham before the gospel that in all indeed shall all the nations be blessed. So God foreseeing that he was going to bless the heathen, the unbelievers, the, the non-Jews, foresaw this, decided to preach to Abraham by an action. So God preached before the gospel. That's what scripture said. So uh, is that what the Bible says? Galatians 3. Yeah, so God preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying, so the preaching was the blessing. That in all, then the Bible now says in Romans chapter 4, the verse 3 downwards. Can we read Romans 4 3 quickly? Quickly. I want you to get this well so that when I'm explaining and moving through it, you can flow better and have a proper revelation of what is going on. What would I say? For what say the scripture? Yeah. Abraham believed God uh-huh. and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So Abraham didn't cut a goat, Abraham didn't swear. He just believed God and it was accounted. To him as what? And what happened? Now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace. So it means that anyone who is using effort to fulfill the law, whatever you get at the end of the day, you can't call it the receipt of grace. By it is rather what? By it's of debt. God owes you for your goodness. That's why he's paying you. Hmm. But what then? But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him, that justified the ungodly. So, to him that didn't do anything in particular. But all he did was to believe in God. Who, what, justify what? The ungodly. So the word justify is makes righteous the ungodly. Now this is a paradox. He is saying that he is not going to make righteous the godly. 
He is making righteous the ungodly. It means they don't qualify at the time God is making them righteous. And that only happens by faith. And what do I say after that? His faith is counted for righteousness. His faith is now counted for righteousness. I'll show you something very powerful. Now, after that, what does I say? Even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without So, David is agreeing to the fact that what we call the blessing of Abraham is the imputation of righteousness. So, the case is self-effort. Without God. Their blessing is God's effort as righteousness. That was what Abraham received. Mm. So even David agreed to the blessedness of the man. Who receives righteousness without doing anything. Saying, blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute his sins against him. Oh, glory to God. So the blessing is righteousness. Are we getting that? The blessing is righteousness. But he says, because of the blessing, according to Genesis and uh, Galatians, sorry, chapter 3, verse, verse uh, 14, the blessing produces the promise. And the promise is called the Holy Ghost. So because of righteousness, you deserve the Spirit. A lot of you don't know that you are even disagreeing to the very thing that's working. The Holy Spirit is in you because of righteousness. Why well, have you forgotten what Romans 8 says? He says, now... The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is made alive because of what? Righteousness. So the life of God that is in you is on the remit of righteousness. Without righteousness, you can't even have the divine life in you. Because the divine life should criticize your evil life. How mm. if you have the divine life but you still have bad thoughts? How if you have the divine life but you, you, want, to, you, want, to, you want to revenge? How if you have the divine life but... When you are driving in the truck, truck. <laughs> it's happened to all of us. One day, a truck driver, it's not even a truck driver. I didn't even know I had crossed the, the motorcyclist. And the guy bypassed me and was throwing gestures, hand signs. I just had to come to myself. You know, I, I now realize that, whoa, Paul meant it. He was true. Sin is in my flesh. <laughs> Can you imagine? I didn't say anything, no. But I gave him an evil eye. Me. A prophet. Because I was like, you know that kind of eye? You didn't speak, but your eyes are spoken. Yeah, sin is your body. I mean, if you don't sin, traffic will make you sin. Traffic to make your sin. Or if you have an unreasonable boss, he will make your sin. He will make you speak against authority that you don't understand your boss at all. If you think you don't sin, Nanado can make you sin. <laughs> speak not against authorities or them that are in power. He said, rather, prayers, exhortations be made, supplications be made, no, make, made for them that are in authority. Yeah, that that might have dwelt in a peaceable place. So if nobody will make you sin, I know for a certainty, Nanado, the moment you came to that, today I went to buy food. Usually when I'm filling my tanks around a certain amount, today I realize it has increased by close to 50 Ghana plus. I say, my God! Nanado. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that, that's how you end. 
Even if you didn't intend to insult Nanado, the tomato seller will make you insult him. Because you bought 10 cities just last week and they give you 20 pieces. The next week you went, 10 cities, 5. You're like, Madam, I damn, was a fool. Dollar, Ghana and dollar. I don't know. Do we sell with dollar? Everything is dollar. Then you are the president. I'm buying. The president, the government has increased prices. Then even if you were praying for Nado, Nado, after you finish buying the tomatoes and you are cutting it in the kitchen, then sitting for five pieces, you are like, Lord, punish them. <laughs> Deal with all that. <laughs> because in your mind, they are driving V8. They don't see what you are feeling. Yeah. Even if you don't, even if you don't want to sin, doom so is going to make you sin. Yeah, 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 yeah. The way they are doing the lotion, you are going to sin very soon. So, <laughs> you can't drive by works. Everything we are doing is by grace. God is the one who is watching over us. God is the one who is giving us opportunity to walk in this righteousness. So, the blessedness of this glorious gospel we receive is that your believing is to righteousness. And God, through that blessedness, gives you the promise, which is the Holy Ghost. In the scriptures, there are 7,000 promises. But there's only one that's called the promise. So, without the promise, you can't access the promises. Are you Without the promise, you have no way of accessing the promises. So scripture said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has he entered into the heart of man what God has planned for them that, what, love him. But he has revealed it unto us by his spirit. Because what? The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For knowing not what another man thinks except for the spirit in the man. So the Holy Spirit is the custodian in First Corinthians 2 verse 10 of the blessings and the promises of God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Because 2 Corinthians 2 says, All the promises in him are yea and amen. Yeah, yes and amen. I said, yeah, yes and amen. So because of the blessing, the promise gives you access to the promises. And the promises are actually the blessings. Deuteronomy 28 says that you are blessed in your going out, you are blessed in your coming in, your bowl is blessed. Your cooking utensil is blessed. Your basket is blessed. Your field is blessed. Your kind is blessed. Your animals are blessed. Your house is blessed. Blessings everywhere because of the Spirit of God. And that is as a result of righteousness. Say it's as a result of righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. And this blessing is so mighty because now God blesses you without your effort. Do you understand? God blesses you without effort. And the blessing about the effort is that unlike the law that tells you that obey me and they will not help you to keep the law. In the scriptures, according to Romans chapter 8 verse 2, the law of the spirit of life has made me free from the law of, spirit and, or, 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 of sin and death. So what he's trying to tell us is this, that the law of the spirit of life is what tells felicity. Felicity, go and pray. In that instruction is the energy to pray. You know, you have to follow the law. I, I pray that the church learns the spirit life. A lot of the things you are doing now you are struggling is because you didn't do it at the time you were told to do it. That's all. Spirit life is simply obedience by the spirit. That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 16. Who have been called to the obedience of the faith. And Peter also spoke about the sprinkling of the Holy Ghost on the sanctification and the obedience of the spirit. In 1 Peter chapter 1. Amen. Amen. Are you here? So what it means to say is this, that anytime you obey the Lord at the time he says you should obey, you will get the miracle you are looking for. Yeah, 
me to know some of the testimonies you guys are having. You're like, as soon as I read the testimony, the Holy Ghost said to me, why are you allowing this? And I said, I disallow. Immediately your testimony came. But if you think about it and say, oh yeah, it's true. It's not, part, it's not bad. Then you relax. You will miss your chance. God tells you to go to all night Friday and you give reasons why you won't go. Oh, I'll do it in the house. It's a lie. You sleep. It don't work. And God doesn't even help you. Satan will show up. And you end up singing in the staying at the house. Yeah, then you go like, I wish I went to church because what I've become God is worse. It's the law of the spirit of life. If, if you can understand this truth, eh, a lot of the things you struggle to do, by the time you are weak to do it, because of the instruction that you are doing at the time God instructed you, energy to do it is available. How have you have slept at 2 a.m. before you wake up at 4 a.m.? And it's like you've, you've, you've slept for 10 hours. Energy! And you go back like, oh, it's not yet 5.30 for dawn prayer. So let me do another 30 minutes. That's how that 30 minutes become. <laughs> it's like a haunted house. You sleep 30 minutes, your eyes open. It's 4.30. Okay. 4.45. Okay. Five o'clock. Okay. Yes, more. Let me do another 15 minutes. Five fifteen. Okay. I can do five fifteen to five twenty-five. And I wake up. Do you realize by the time you come to the machine to pray, you will yawn like Lazarus rose from the dead. Yeah, how a bell from come to the that you understand. Because the energy of the spirit has been dissipated in disobedience. But if you stayed up at four, like it's as if two hours, you are shocked that two hours has made you alive. Your eyes are wide open. You are alert. You begin to read chapter after chapter. And by the time it's time for dawn prayers, you have been praying already. And the Holy Ghost did it. And you know this one is not you. You can't at, because you know. So the next day you go, and to prove that it's not you, the next day you try to enter the flesh. Oh, today I'm going to wake up at 4.30. You sleep till 5.20. You'll be shocked. Because you were entering the flesh again. It's the spirit that did it. It's called the law of the spirit of life. God does for you. Say, God does for me. From today, in the name of Jesus. Some of you don't even realize that God goes ahead of you to prevent you from falling to temptations that's higher than you. Yeah, that's what scripture says. It said God will not let, scripture said God will not let any temptation which is greater than you befall you. It means that the ones that you're even failing is something God says, oh, you can handle it. And you are disappointed. Then Nigeria will say, you are falling God's hand. Yeah, that's what, is that what the Bible says? I'm not going to read the Bible. He said, no temptation is greater than man. That has befallen him. So God reduces your level. That this one, you can't handle it. This guy can't handle a car burning. So don't let his car burn. Hmm. Job could handle his house burning. He could handle his sons dying. He could handle his goats and sheep being roasted in the field in one day. He could handle it. He could handle boils. Because God, God realized that the temptation, this one, is not beyond him. It's at his level. That's why when you get to a higher level, I remember a certain old song. There's a little truth in it. Do you know the song? I don't know where you were born. It was, the, it was early 80s, 90s song. In the 80s. Some of you were not born. Some of your parents have not met. Yeah. But it was a song like that. And I, so I don't even know whether you can play that song. Adams, I'm sure you can remember that song. It's an old song about the afflictions and the persecutions of life. 
Ah, me did this so. Me did this so. Me did this so. me pray. Who remember that song? For those who don't understand the tree I just said, he's saying that my faith is big. My faith is big. My faith is big. That's why I'm suffering. It's a contradiction. But the little truth in it is that because his faith is big, his temptations to are big. That's why I always tell you that what you are fighting tells you what you carry. And what you are fighting tells you, oh my God. David had Goliath killing anointing him. That's why Goliath met David and not Eliab. That's why Goliath met David and not Saul. What you carry is what you face. <laughs> so the thing fighting you is a proof. You see, Joseph carried national building anointing. So he had to be sold to internationals. Because what he carried determined what he had to fight. When you go home today, analyze what you have been fighting. It's a proof of what you carry. And you better activate that weapon and deal with that situation. It means you carry babies. Ah, Hannah had prophets in her. But we thought Hannah was barren. So, if you read scripture, Samuel was weaned. And Bible says they went again after his weaning time. So it means she went one year, got pregnant. After nine months, one year, the baby stopped drinking milk. She sent the boy at one year, close to two years, and presented. In fact, if you check well in scripture, he should, have, he should be close to his teenage years. That's how when scripture says he was weaned. You know, the Hebrew weaning means. So when he was now brought to, uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? Um, Eli, at age five. Remember the Jewish training. So age five, he was brought to the training school. At age five, he had started. So it means at the time Hannah was going back to go and give him new clothes. The, the, the priest Eli in Second Samuel chapter, First Samuel chapter two, saw her and said, "Ah, you have brought the clothes of the boy." He said, "Yes." And the priest blessed her again and said, "You will be blessed by this time next year." So after give, waiting for somewhere, she had to wait not almost almost close to five years again to have other sons and daughters. Some of you, as soon as you wait to get one, you're like, ah, perhaps that's it's not the all. I know a pastor waited 14 years. After 14 years, he gave them to four. Unassisted. The delay does not reduce the number. Somebody does not get this one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What are you talking about? Hey! Amen! <laughs> so, what you are fighting determines what you carry. If you didn't carry anything, Satan will not trouble you sexual immorality because you are nothing to him. But because you are something, that's why you fight what you fight. The Lord was a somebody. So when you read when God walked the earth, all the demons of hell showed up in the desert. So Satan had to rally all the forces of hell to make sure this man fails so he doesn't climb the cross. So what you are about to become will threaten hell. That's why it's like everything in your family is rising up against you. Stop asking that unspiritual question. That what have I done to my family members? That you do well and become a sign that God can use a man and break a cycle is the reason why they're after you. Because if you break loose, that means others can have a chance. That's why all hell has broken loose over you. Let me prophesy it over your life. Because if you break the pattern,
Go and check it. That's why those who are misbehaving, nobody, they don't fight battles because they now they are in their camp. <laughs> Satan wastes his energy on his own, guys. No, you, you are not there again. You, you want to prove that following God will bring blessing. Ah, let's tighten it. Be smart about everything. Hallelujah. Oh my God. Say, oh my God. Point two. Point two. Righteousness, Romans chapter 4, go to Romans 4, 13, quickly. What righteousness does for us? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing these things to you to give you a certain understanding. In the scriptures, God does what we call the indicatives. The indicatives describes who you are, brings you to a revelation of consciousness. For instance, a lot of us don't lap water like dogs. We drink out of cups. I remember when we were in primary school. I don't know if you, primary school, how you go to the tabernacle. When your teacher will give you a con. What is that? You have to get a cup or, you know, cap it in your hand. Cap it. Have you ever capped water before? Yeah. There was a time we used to cap Fanta. Our day. <laughs> Some people were expert. They had a depth in their hand. Their hand was a bushel. <laughs> it could contain seven liters. What? They are there. Amen. It is the consciousness of who you are that does not permit you to act like an animal. So if you didn't know your existence is founded and grounded on consciousness, do you know what makes you speak another language when you have learned the language? Think about it. You can stay with English because it's a choice. You're speaking English. All of a sudden, switches into Spanish. Do you know what happens? The Spanish makes you hear and the hearing provokes your consciousness that you can respond. That's why you get there. But if you don't understand and you've never learned Spanish, even when you are even studying as a student, consciousness provokes you that. Try and interpret what you just heard. Try and explain it. You are designed as a conscious being. Kabo Shana. Romans 4.13. What does it say after that? Romans 4.13, yes? For the promise uh-huh. that he should be the heir of the world uh-huh. was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So he sent the promise that he... So the promise, which is the Holy Spirit, for Abraham to become the heir of the cosmos was not through the law. It was not through effort. It was through the righteousness of faith. So what righteousness gives us is, it makes us the heir of the Lord. The heir of the Lord and the heir of the world. And the world here is the word cosmos. And cosmos means arrangement, beauty, systems, advantages, riches. So what it means to say is that by righteousness, I have access to the riches of the world. No, you have to sit in your room and start meditating well about righteousness. Because you have no idea what righteousness does for you. At least last two weeks we understood that the righteousness is the power of the gospel. How do you remember that? The power of the gospel, the gospel we have received. He said therein is the righteousness of God revealed. So the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is a revelation or the revelation of the righteousness of God. And he said that righteousness of God is where the power of God is revealed. From faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. 
So he said, by righteousness, you are an heir of the world. The next time you see someone driving a real drover, smile and say, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I'm an heir of the Father. No, it, can de- it will help you defeat greed and envy and self-pity. Because what you are believing that you should have is already yours. Mm. Do you know Jesus had a donkey? Do you know Jesus had an upper room? Because when he got there, he said, tell him, the master. How did he tell him to go and stand at the right time he should stand? He said, go in the st- at noon in the street. You see a man carrying a vase. Men don't carry vase. It was women were the ones who went to the well to fetch. Except in the Jewish culture, eunuchs that were in charge of the palace. But there's a man carrying a vase of water. Fetching water like a woman. With it on his head. He said, when you meet that man. Mm. Oh, you know why? Because when he started his assignment, men had to fill a vase with water. When he was come to end his last assignment with the last party, a man must be carrying water for what he's about to do to do. Because the first party, they had to turn water to wine. But the last party, the water was himself. And he was becoming the wine, which they would have to drink. So Jesus had an upper room. Jesus had a donkey. When he needed it, he found it. You have a husband. You have a wife. You have your car. When you need it, you will find it. <laughs> I said, when you need it, you will find it. So the scripture said, he that has found a wife has found a good thing and obtained favor from the Lord. So when it's time for your wife, you will find her. Because you've not found yourself. How can you find your spouse? If you've not found yourself, how will you find your spouse? Some of you don't know who you are. You don't even know what you are. You are just floating like wandering stars. Like helium balloon. You know how helium balloon is? When you feel it, it's looking for, an, it's looking for the highest point to get to. So when you have righteousness consciousness, when you see someone with a... Ah, yeah, but yeah, two days ago, I was it last week, I was telling my wife, I was going through the, the 2022 May back. I was showing Pastor Elvis. Yeah, I was going through it. Has a machine. He said it's a robot. Yeah. That car, when you sit in the car, you forget to close the door. There's a button at the roof. When you press it, the door closes itself. That's passenger seat. The door closes for you. Pa. Then as soon as you sit down, the seat belt will come from the back of your headrest automatically to move like that. And embrace you and start moving towards and pull it out. Say yes. There are cars when you sit inside. Even angels will say, well done. <laughs> Demons will say, don't touch that car. He has paid a lot of insurance. <laughs> yes. When I saw, I just smiled. I said, ah, Lord, that car all about It's mine. It's true, it's mine. But you know I'm driving tomorrow. Because I don't need it. Oh, I like what Bishop that one day said. He said, when we need it, God will bring the money. A lot of you are looking for things you don't need yet. You don't need it, but you are fighting. Because someone has it, that's why you want it. No, you don't need it. Me, I'm here. I don't need American citizenship. So it's not something I'll pray about. If I even dash it to me, I'll hesitate. I don't need it. The only way I need it is because God said I have to use it for preaching. That's why. 
But it's not my prayer topic. Because I want you someone's testimony to become. No, I pray for someone to get um, uh, what we call American citizenship. That, that means I have to have to use for myself because the Lothar doctor has to be rich. Well, you don't know that thing. Debi, Debi, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. These are the numbers. <laughs> hey, we have found something in Ghana before. GBC, the station of the nation. When they realized what they were doing to us, they now became GTV, still the station of the nation. They had to ask still. <laughs> they couldn't even change their team. Still, the station of the nation. Say, righteousness makes me an heir. Oh, you're not getting it. Say, righteousness makes me an heir. So that plane is waiting for you. That estate is waiting for you. That car is an heir. As long as he's a child, different not from a servant. Though he's Lord of all. So once he's a child, even in the judicial setup, when a child is below 18 years, they are custodians that watch over the estate. Till he comes to years, then he can assess his own estate. So God is just saying that he has to grow to 18 so that what is already his, he will prove that he needs it. Because anything below 18, he doesn't need it yet. So he can say at a 16-year-old boy, ah, Charlie, this Jeep, I'd like to drive it. It's a desire, but it's not a need. It's a desire. Some of you, like, you just dream, I want Bentley. Do you know what it takes to, to, to do you understand? Recently, you know, one of a man of God, we got a car for him, a V8 car. He was the man of God. Half on a Ghana, it doesn't even hit half. So I was telling my wife today, I said, hey, don't, don't bring that car yet. That's how I'll send every source tight. I'll send you text every week. No, I nullify that in Jesus' name. I'm capable. Amen. Yeah. But it tells you a lot. If you have to, every time you have to buy four, it's thousand two. Someone's salary is your full tank. You understand? You call that <laughs> Yes. The engine is big. So if it is a, mm, one day V8, do you know what it takes to do a V8? One day G wagon, do you know? When they hit your back, bah! any car that they hit, that the truck driver kneels down and begs for his life, <laughs> it should tell you what car you are driving. Because hey. there's some car when you hit, you even shout, oh, get out there. But there's some when they hit, they'll kneel down and say, Patrick. Because if you sell him, <laughs> yeah. So I'm telling you something that God has made you an heir of all things. Righteousness means that you are the heir of all things. But if you need it, it will show up. If you really need it, it will show up. But if you don't need it yet, it's not going to show up. Oh, am I talking to somebody? Is it blessing you at all? Hallelujah! It's a blessing. He has made us the heirs of righteousness and the heirs of the world. Romans chapter 5 verse 17 says that, you know, they that receive what? The abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. They shall reign in this life by what? One Jesus Christ. They shall reign in this life by what? One Jesus Christ. Reign means they'll dominate. They'll rule circumstances. Reign means that whatever is coming against your life, by reason of the gift of righteousness, you can reign over it. You can dominate addictions. You can dominate poverty. You can dominate scarcity. You can control weathers. You can control your body because of righteousness. 
They that receive. That, now, look at what, like, listen, listen. Now, this, this, this tense is actually what we call the present active participle. Okay. Are you here? Present active participle means that the work of reigning is ongoing. The work of receiving. They that receive. Can you read it to us? Galatians 5.17. Can we all see it together ourselves? But if by one man's offense, okay. death reigned by one. Okay. Much more, they which receive abundance of grace hmm? and of the gifts of righteousness shall reign in life by one. So what he's trying to say is that now their action is ongoing. But the action which is ongoing implies that. So let me read it in the uh, present active participle tense. So he says that much more what? They which receive abundance of grace. So what is happening is this. So in the original tense, he's saying that they who are constantly receiving the abundance of grace are constantly reigning in life. This is the reason for fluctuating grace. Because we fluctuate in the receipt. God is really has oh he has released it. How do I know this? Let's go to Romans chapter. Let me show you something in the scripture quickly. Oh so Kalato Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can we go to um, Hebrews chapter four? Yeah, 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 yeah. Quickly. Verse sixteen. Hebrews four sixteen. Hebrews four sixteen. Yeah. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. Now read it from the Passion Translation quickly for me. Passion, Passion, Passion. So now we draw near freely and boldly to where grace is enthroned. Okay. To receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need, strengthening us in our time of weakness. So it means that already at the throne of God, or the mercy seat, grace is waiting for us. That is, so it means that God has, now, now go back to um, Romans 4.13. I, I think I quoted that, but I didn't let us read it. Romans 4.13. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Romans 4.13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not right. to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Okay. Then go to Romans 3.24. I, I want to show you this thing very powerfully so that you can get it. Romans 3.24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a So he said, being justified freely by what? His, his grace. grace. Now, this also is a very interesting tense. This now is the present part, passive participle. So with receiving, it's active tense. But being justified is act, passive tense. Are you here? Passive means God is doing it to you. Active means you must respond to it. So, what he's trying to tell us is that God has justified us freely, but it is present continuous. What it means is that God is presently justifying you already. So, before you even sin, He has freely made imputation for the grace to handle your sin. That's the tense. Because, beloved, the day you come and ask God for forgiveness and there's no provision for it, you must hang on the cross. I've told you this. No, that's what it means. People don't understand when you say, Lord, please forgive me. If Jesus didn't die, that day you should be crucified. Because the only remedy for the action of what Adam did is to hang on the tree. 
That's why he took Jesus that route for salvation to reach every man. So what it means is that if you are coming to ask God for forgiveness for a sin you did, at the time you are asking, if there's no provision for it, you must die. That's why scripture said, let us come boldly to the provision that is already waiting for us. It's like, somebody doesn't want to agree to this. Because like, prophet, this thing you are saying is too easy. Ah, now do you think God brought us into this life? How do you think God gave us salvation? Do you think when you say in the name of Jesus, I bind devils? What rope did you bind with? You spoke, Abby. Didn't you speak and demons were bound? In the name of Jesus, you spirits, you sickness, leave my body. Was it not a word you used? And the sickness left you? Did you go and use a rope? Did you use a gun? Your word did it. So why don't you think this is also by word? Why do you think this is by cutting yourself? Or bleeding to prove that you are really God's righteousness? He said being justified freely. Can someone understand that? You are justified freely. Ay, 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 ay. Say I'm an heir of God. Say I'm an heir of God. Say I'm an heir of God. So right now as I stand before God, there is imputation for my righteousness. Freely occurring. Freely occurring from God's side. But Romans 5.17 says, I must actively receive it. So if I don't actively receive it, I realize that the week I receive grace, I'm bold. I'm excited. Things are working for me. When I declare, I declare with confidence. But the week I don't receive and I let guilt hold me, I feel I'm not good enough for God's forgiveness. That's the week things don't work. And that's the week I will not reign. You realize that that week, circumstances reign over you. You have no idea how righteousness consciousness makes you reign. You can tell it. You can tell an event to stop because you know who you are. When you have a proper righteousness concept, when you are binding the devil, no voice tells you, "Are you sure? Are you confident? Are you competent?" I settled that matter long ago. That even if I delay, disobey God in a fast, my disobedience cannot be brought against me by any demon. The demon shows up. I say, "Come out!" Then the demon says, "Ah, didn't you just eat food?" And so what? And so what? I'll, I'll, I'll strangle you. It's not consequential in this discussion. I didn't eat fufu because I... No, 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 no. Fufu eat you or not fufu eat you is not because of you, demon. It's because of me and my God, our fellowship. So you have no right to bring that matter up. That was the last time I ever saw a demon talk any nonsense to me. I'm showing you something. If you were going to ever cast out a demon, get, better know this because demons are very smart. They know what to weaken your confidence. When you start coming, ha, 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 look at you. Look at all the things you are dealing with. You are come to cast me out. That's how someone could do. Shum. Don't tell my secret. Don't tell my secret. You might beg the demon. Now, please. I love if you don't see me again. The pastor said he went to America. I was casting out devils. Come out. And the host pastor. When the pastor said, come out. The pastor said, ha! Started manifesting. Then the host pastor said, Jesus, he jump away. Host pastor. So when we close the service to the pastor, this is why I don't like dealing with demons. It's not my, it's not my, it's not my thing. It's not my thing. I went to a secondary school many years ago. Yeah, and a guy came, and when he was manifesting, he said, a lion. Was, was he a lion, a tiger? A tiger. He was, ah, you guys them. Right there. He was displaying, beating the guys around him. 
they were holding him, preventing him. I said, let him come. So that's why I was thinking, rah, rah. when God calls me, I said, oh, true, they are there. Am I lying? I just did Say you say you were a cat. Sleep. As soon as I didn't, oh, he slept. No, 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 no. It takes righteousness, consciousness to see Sasa. I've asked Sasa Bonsam to show up. I need you in my hall. You will feel it. That's how you say a human being can beat a spirit. You see the way I got passionate. You are lost on things to enter your life. It's the last time I ever... I, I, I vowed and I told people stop talking like that. You went to do a crusade and because of the crusade the demons were not happy. So when you woke up, everything you went to cast out has been put inside you. You don't understand righteousness. You don't understand righteousness surely. I'm not saying it doesn't happen no, but it is your lack of understanding righteousness that has given Satan leverage to think he can attack you after you do God's work. So there are a lot of people here they still say attack, attack, attack. If you are taking a stand, they can't attack. Because Bible makes me understand he left them nothing to retaliate with. So what on earth is this retaliation pattern happening about? Then something's wrong somewhere. My understanding is off somewhere. The devil can retaliate. Hmm. Of course, we are not saying he will show up. He can show up. But he shows up at meeting. He will know I was waiting for him. Gazope pro bono sobo. At times you come in righteousness consciousness that the devil will come to your room in the night. And before he appeared in your room, you were sitting in your hall. I've been waiting for you. Then when you say, I've been waiting for you, and that demon enters your room, he says, you are here. Then you, you go and close the door, lock the key, put it in your pocket. That's how you ask, you say, the demon will be asking you, oh, what, oh, what's going on? Then you came. You have to start organizing which party. Because scripture has made me understand that they shall eat their own flesh and drink their own blood. So if you came to eat my flesh, no problem. I'll put you on a chair. But you will cut yourself and eat your own flesh and drink your own blood, not my blood. Righteousness. E.W. Kenyon says, righteousness is that which gives you superiority complex over Satan. It gives you a superior mindset over Satan. It makes you look eyeball to eyeball Satan's eye and hold him by the drape of the neck and say, how dare you, righteousness. Not because you have not sinned, though. Because you know who you are. You know you are covered by blood. You know that once you have that understanding, you are immune from Satan's arrows. I told you it's a breastplate. It shines to blind the enemy. Let me show you what righteousness does again. Some people are just watching my face like, hey, prophet, you are too bold with such matters. Are you not afraid? I'm not afraid. Say, I'm not afraid. Say, I'm not afraid. Say, I'm not afraid. No, the witches in my house, they don't mention my name. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was in Nigeria, I had a vision. Somebody was trying to come and kill me. In my dream. I saw the person's face in a car. Drove, I woke up strangely. When I woke up, I saw a text from Papa and was talking, let's pray for the president. I just saw an attempt against his life. And I said, I just saw an attempt against my life. Somebody I knew I grew up with was in a car. The person saw me and stepped on the accelerator to hit me. But I swerved. And the person leaped out of the car. And I shouted to the person, please don't come close. It will not be good for you. 
And the person came and I gave him a lower cut. So upper cut is to the jaw. Lower cut is to the stomach. So I gave him the cut. And when I pull, it's like I punctured something. And water cutter came out of the person. When I woke up, I said, Father, I pray he's not the one. Because this one is going to cause a sentence. I got a call that the person's mother is dead. And now the father is also now in the hospital under critical care. That's a dream I had. No, no, if you show up, it will happen like that. Some time ago, a woman had a dream now close to me. She had a dream and said she was dreaming. She woke up at 3 a.m. and Rod Weiler was jumping to her. He said strength came on her in the dream and she ripped the dog's mouth open. He said as soon as she woke up from the dream, it was too real. 30 minutes later, she got a call. Your sister just died. Your sister just died. You come. <laughs> I'll wait for you. You No, the child of God. I like Lester Sumo's faith. You can tell that devil to come and put the bed back. That is righteousness. I like Lady Osborne. His faith. When she saw the witch doctor with a cobra in the neck, throwing tantrums, she held the cobra in the neck and flipped it to the floor like a belt. And the cobra died. The witch doctor said, Jesus. The witch doctor, he said, Jesus. He knelt down and accepted Christ. Because the woman handled his charm. The light snake in the neck. That took a charm to get there. She held it like a belt. Pah! On the floor. That was why I said, stop that rubbish. That was the end. Righteousness. Smetukuset went to a place to preach. And he said, as they were preaching there, they made them sleep in the hut. Not knowing lions were coming at night to eat people. So they had served them to lions. In the morning when they came and they, no lion had eaten them, the people accepted Christ. Righteousness. Let them put it. I've, I've had dreams where I've entered offices. I've seen cobras on bosses' table. And in the night I said, they can't handle. Work with offices where your, your personnel managers and all sorts of people, HR managers, are all sorts of people. And you don't know who you are? You've not worked in an office where your promotion is costing you to be crippled. You've not, you've not worked there before. It's got to pay, to pay, to pay. <laughs> they will do you something. You'll be working on zigging as you're working all of a sudden. You don't know how it happened. They, are, they have started winding your leg. You'll be sleeping and not, not build righteousness consciousness. Righteousness consciousness, and when you wake up, you don't say, I, why? You don't, when you lack it, this is why you go, why? What is causing my leg? What did I do? Lord, what do I, what have I done to deserve this? That's a low righteousness consciousness. Real righteousness consciousness, when you wake up, in the name of Jesus, wherever you are coming from, I dispatch you back. Leave my body. You slap your leg. Leave. Straighten out. Stop walking normal. The late Archbishop Benson Daosa, he said when he was preaching, he was going to preach a sermon. When he was going to preach a sermon, he had a stroke. And as he was praying, he didn't ask God, Lord, why? I'm doing your work. Look what's happening. Righteousness consciousness. You know what the man did? He said, since you have given me a stroke before I preach, I'll preach with the stroke. He held the leg, put it in the car, started the engine. As we left the car, 10 minutes to the church, the leg became okay. Righteousness, consciousness. Nobody can threaten you. You will lock the door with the fetish priest. We will see who has God. See, when I said that, someone said, Prophet, fetish priest. And some of you are here, I said, Prophet, emotia, emotia, dwarfs. By this time of your life, if you've not reduced dwarfs to Snow White and the seven dwarfs, I wonder what you are doing in God's house. You are afraid of dwarfs. 
One of the loneliest entities of the demonic realm. And as for witches, they don't, don't let me even go there. Do you know what witches, their problem is when you discover them? When you catch a witch, that's all. Because if the thing is a spiritual capacity, why are they fighting you physically? It means they've lost. But you don't know. My auntie does not like me. The reason why she's showing you that she doesn't like you because you found out that she's not good. Because witches, they have a way of smiling. They are the masked ones. They can smile. Oh, they can be the miserable. Com- they will be the first to call. Oh, we I just heard that this happened. Oh, sorry. They are happy. They are called miserable comforters. They are happy, but they are happy in their heart. They are excited. You are in demise. So usually they are the first to console you. They are smiling with you. You think they are supportive, but they are the ones. I went to a meeting like that. I was ministering to a lady. I said, Madam, I see something about your husband's business. It's not going well. As I was ministering, the Holy Ghost opened my eyes. I said, but the problem is, you know something about it. In the name of Jesus, whatever you are, show up. The man change. I will let you prosper. I said, aha. Scripture said, a man's enemies. There's nothing painful that your own enemy is your wife. How do you do signs and wonders? Hey, an enemy within, an enemy without. One of God, there's a way that when signs and wonders capacity hold you, you will forget that she's mommy water spirit. I'm preaching a message. Say the righteousness of God. Some people are holier than me. Let me stop what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Amen. But faith, no. So when you read scripture very well, do you see, when I talk about this thing about righteousness, it's a very serious matter. Reading in this life by faith. Why? Because if you read scripture very well, in the New Testament especially, most of the times when we talk about righteousness, when we talk about faith, sorry, it's connected to righteousness. Go check it. Righteousness by faith. There is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Faith is always connected to righteousness in the new covenant. 20 times actually. Four times faith is connected to salvation. Most of the times, faith is connected to righteousness. Beloved, it's time to walk in righteousness. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Amen, 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 amen. Matthew chapter 6 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added to you. It is seeing the righteousness of God that makes all other things added to you. His righteousness is what to bring other things. Why? Because I just told you, righteousness is God doing it for you. So all other things are added for you. All other things are not paid to you. Paid to you means you live it. Added means you got it as a gift. One of the greatest blessings in life is that when somebody look at your head to toe, and they ask you, what do you buy? So somebody bless me over here. It's a great blessing. And they go, so what do you use your money for? Oh, I give it to God. That's the blessing. One of the greatest blessings is that you are in a house, and someone say, how do you get a house? Oh, they give it to me as a gift. May you receive houses as gifts. difficult. Is it? No, no, no. no. There's going to be a release of the supernatural right now. The Holy Spirit is about to move in this place like never before. The power of God is about to touch you like never before. The power of God is about to heal you like never before. Share the name of Kosapa, do any other Baha. What are the name of Kosapa? Share the name of Kosapa. 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 Share the name of
Wherever you are, just lift up your voice and just bless the name of Jesus wherever you are. Lift up your voice and just exalt the name of Jesus Christ. There is a release of the supernatural. Just 